Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio, All Row 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. You can join me here on BBS Radio or join a tier on Patreon.com, All Row 65, where we can have one-on-one discussions. And do not forget to like me on IG at Pamela H. Inspires Jews. I am always in need of great mentors and volunteers to help change the lives one day at a time. I am the author of the new upcoming book, A Journey of a Sapphire, coming soon at ajourneyofasapphire.com. My special guest today is Liz Presley. Elizabeth Elaine Presley, born December 11th and 59, is an award-winning singer, songwriter, actor, humanitarian, philanthropist, and business lady. Liz comes by her love of rock and roll naturally. She has been singing along to record players since she was five years old. At last, I want to say thanks again for giving me this interview chance, Liz, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me as well. So tell me, I'm so excited to have you. I am in awe, so you have to excuse me. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and what inspired you to become who you are today? Um, Well, I I grew up in England, in Essex, uh, in the culture, uh, in culture, uh, the um, the uh, the the armor barracks, um, and so basically, I was, I was like a uh, uh, in the in this it's like a revolution in the uh, when I was a kid, and so I was like I was like a, I was a rock and roller, and used to go to the beach and do all sorts of wonderful things. But really, I just I think nothing really inspired me to be me. I just just absolutely just you know just was me from the beginning. So I just you know, it's just went on this journey, you know. Yes, that's that's beautiful. So, are you still residing in England? No, um, I don't. I live in uh, America. I live at Graceland East, which is in Kingsport, Tennessee. Okay, okay. So, mm-hmm. tell me, I don't know much about the songwriting. Can you describe how you would compose a song? Yeah, I do it basically from my heart. When I when some of the first songs I've written, which I'm going to be releasing actually soon, um, was was um, thinking about what I uh, what I felt and what I believe in. Um, you know, basically, um, you know, the emotions of that time. That's kind of how I wrote songs. You know, and um, like when I wrote one for my sister, 
I realised you know, we don't really write to each other letters too much, so I wrote her a song, and it's, which is about a, about writing her a letter, but in a song. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is, that is. Yeah. So it's certain things that we go through and we just put it out on paper, correct? Yeah, you just kind of have these feelings, you know, or this idea, you know, like some, for instance, it doesn't have to always be from your feelings. It can be from an idea that comes to you, you know, you say a few words and you go, well, that could make a nice song. And you kind of put it together. Or other times you will get sad or happy and you'll go through different things in life. And so you sit down and write, and write a song based on that as well. You know? What was the most challenging project you have completed? The most challenging project, um, I would say the most challenging project I've completed was winning um, winning my seven-year federal investigation to order the Beehive at Graceland. <laughs> okay. That was nice. That was nice. Mm-hmm. What is what is your intake in the difference from the music today and from the past? I think yeah, I think I think music changes um, by how the you know, how the how the world is and uh, like in the like in my days, it's more like either the revolution, industrial revolution age, and then of course. Things change and life changes and people change. So I do believe um, in the beginning it was more, you know, in the beginning in my days it was more based on literally things were happening, you know, like wars and peace and all that sort of thing. But now I think it's different. I think things have changed since then because it's, life's kind of easier to live now than it used to be back in those days just for everybody in the world, really. So I do. So I believe, you know, that's made a big difference and things have changed. Sometimes you write, sometimes music comes out of desperation and disasters and wars and revolutions and things like that. It's like the Beatles and the Beatles songs, you know. Um, then other times, uh, you know, it can just, it can, it can change and be different based on coming out of those areas into a different world and different future, which it has, which is now, you know. Okay, okay. What is the best way for a independent artist to get discovered? Love, love, what, love what they're doing and don't quit. Love what they're doing and don't quit? And learn the music business. You know, uh, you know, it's okay one having a dream, but you have to also have a roadmap for that dream as well. You know, like for instance, if you want to be a chef, you'll go to chef school. If you want to be a music artist, you'll go to learn music royalties and music business. And if you do that, you have much better chance of success than if you didn't do that. So to get discovered, uh, make sure you have a solid brand, make sure you've been authentic delivering what you deliver to the world and make sure you become the best at that and um, and learn everything about it and don't quit. That is so correct. That's what I tell, um, 
our artist that is on our label as well. We have to keep going because, as we know, success is not overnight, correct? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And a lot of times is that, that is what... Yes, go ahead. And what is success is the question, you know. Is success really, you know, um, having a record and making my know Success has been healthy, having a wonderful family, wonderful life, and having a solid foundation and you know in my case believe in God and um, put all those things first and from that build your career so then you're already starting at a successful point on you whether you succeed or not right so you have the latest song called Sacred Little Child can you tell me a little bit about that uh, that was called, yeah, that was called Scared Little Child. Um, basically, that song is a true story. When I was a kid, I used to go and pray in church, and I was just, if I worried about anything or scared about something. And one day I went to pray in church, and I opened my eyes after being at the altar, and I saw these three beautiful angels. You know? I'm, s- I'm sorry, you kind of like was a little low. Can you repeat that? You said when you were a child. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a, when I was a child, I went to church. Um, I used to go to church quite a bit, you know, on my own to pray about different things, worries and, you know, when I was scared and stuff like that. And so one time I went to pray in church and uh, I was at the altar and I closed my eyes and I, when I opened my eyes, I saw three beautiful angels. So that song is about being a scared little child, praying to God and seeing those angels. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, we're going to play that song. I am looking forward to hearing it. So we're going to take this time and play that song and let the world know. Came to me to guide me. 
Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I mean, as I was sitting here listening to the song, I was just imagining myself just being a ballerina. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, cool. That's nice. Really, really nice. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was really, really nice. Thank you. Describe that process when you had written that song. And who had collaborated with you? That song, um, that song, the collaboration was Elizabeth Ertel, a really good friend of mine. She's a really lovely singer. She did the backing singing on that song. And the mm-hmm. basically the process of that song, I was just remembering exactly what I did when I was in England in that church and what happened. And so I walked into the church, you know, and I went to pray as, I was praying, I saw the angels, I ran out, I realized, because I got scared from seeing the angels, and then uh, I came, I walked slowly, walked back, stopped in my tracks, slowly walked back to the church, the angels were gone, but then I realized God was by my side, you know. So that was the process really for that song, just remembering exactly what happened and writing the lyrics for that. Yeah, that is beautiful. That's a beautiful song. Yeah, and it was a, you know, it's, 
and it was real, you know. Everything I do is very organically real about what happened or how I feel. And it's of course I sing somebody else's song, then it's different, but I still put a lot of uh, myself into it, you know. Yeah. Would you, do you have any, uh, a fear? What would be your biggest fear? Is what I'm trying to say. My biggest fear? Um, mm-hmm. My biggest fear, uh, we, I think we all have fears and things like that, you know? Um, yeah, we do. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out what my biggest one would be. My biggest fear would be... But what, what about when you happened? wrote that song? When you wrote that song, what, what were you... Was it... Something that you feared when you had wrote that song, or something yeah, that you yeah, just was yeah. in yeah, yeah, I was. Yes, I was. I was actually worried and scared about my my life as a child. And um, even though I was a happy child, sometimes things weren't very happy. You know, sometimes, and I used to you know feel sad and feel scared. And so I used to go to the church and pray. That's what I used to do. And these, the church was always open. Where I lived in England, and so I could just go in there any time, day or night, and just pray and and then feel better. You see? Yeah, yeah. And how many songs have you written since you've been a songwriter? May I ask? I've written about ten songs, but I only released that. Over, I've, um, I've actually released that one, which is for my career, and I've released some in the early days. But the early days, I didn't know what I was doing, and so you know that I don't believe they're they're as good. I, my worst song I've ever written was "My Battery Is Dead," but to me, I love that song. It's a great song, but I have to rewrite it so people like it. They hate it. For some reason people don't like that song, but I love that song. It's about when your car battery dies, and you know, when you start my car, but my battery is dead, that sort of thing, and the journey you go on when your battery's dead and you have to like, try to find somebody to jump at your car or you have to try to get to work somehow, you know, and, and you have to get a bus, train, car, whatever. So it was too repetitious, so I've got to change that. That was my worst song, but I love that song. I think it could be the, my, my best, one of my best songs. But then I, um, you know, so um, kind of like that, you know. Yeah. I always have to break the ice, and I have to ask this question. What would you change about yourself during the process of you creating your music? Oh, uh, yeah, that's easy. I, uh, I've already changed that one thing in me, and um, and as I have my dad, I'm like just like my father, and so going through the journey of coming home. Um, yeah, going through the journey of coming home, it can be a lot of, you know, sadness and a lot of happiness and a lot of pressure as well. And so I used to get mad and angry, you know? Yeah. About a lot of things yeah. in my life. And, and, um, and just like my father, it used to be the same. No, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I'm not violent or anything like that, but I'd really, you know, I would um, express my ways with uh, anger and uh, being upset and 
know, not not hurting anybody, running away most of the time actually. But that upsets other people, and uh, I change that in myself now. So that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think it is easy to get signed to a record label, especially when you have your own creativity? And as you know, everyone is not going to like your music. However, there are going to be people who do. And when you're independent, you really have to focus and put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So what what yeah, advice yeah. can you give to an artist who's looking for a signed deal or a label? Okay. Here's what I, here's what I uh, say about that, okay? The idea mm-hmm. is to first of all create your brand, you know? Create your brand. And then create out of that brand, you, you know, your songs and your image. And put that together perfectly. So you've got this image, you've got, you've got your brand, you know, the whole thing, what you are, your image within that brand, and you've got your songs and your music within that. And so then you're going to be targeting that audience. So really it's about audiences. So let's say there's like 20 audiences out of 100%. So you're targeting one of those audiences, not all of them, or, or maybe two of the audiences. Like if you're like me, I would be targeting rock and roll, ballads, and gospel, three audiences. And so you're going for those audiences. You're not worrying about anybody else because they're in a different realm. If somebody likes, say, rock and roll, they're not going to be listening to you if you're a classical singer and stuff like that. So you just concentrate on your market and that market's big enough. A record label and a record deal, people shouldn't concentrate on that. They should concentrate on their music career and they should concentrate on learning the music business and royalty, how the royalties work. Because if you become a popular artist in today's today and the way things are, and you start getting millions of views, and if you've set up your royalties correctly, and you're getting a big giant check, you know, from that, you may not even want to get a record deal, because then you're only going to get 20% of that check. And you're also going to have a lot of restrictions on your deals as well. But if you don't have a hit record, you may not be able to sing until you pay the money back. Stuff like that. And so, you really, as an artist, should concentrate on learning your branding, you know, who you are, as a person within that branding. And um, then, of course, the music business, which is called business music. So you're concentrating on the business side first to understand how all that works so that you can get a revenue coming in. And then you can decide later, if you get really, really popular and get offered deals, wow, am I going to give up you know, 67% of the money I'm getting now? Now, the reason people don't think that way right now because they don't learn the business. They don't learn the music business. They just sing the songs to put them out. They're thinking, oh, I need a record deal. And they're all over the place. They're probably not going to get a deal. So you've got to fine-tune and target your audience and target your brand. And then concentrate and learn the business music, not the music business, the business music, how it all works. And then start getting those checks coming in, you know? I train the actual fact artists myself under our 360 program. And um, I always tell them, you know, when you go to the store and buy your lunch, wouldn't it be nice to have the debit card from your royalties? You know, and you can do that, but you have to know how, to, how the business works. If somebody's got a lot of views, I mean, millions of views all over the place, and they're already kind of hit artists, you may never want to get a deal because why? it's a bit like um, having a job and coming home and giving 
half your paycheck away, you know. So right. will a will a deal, will a deal get you more proper prof? Which will a deal get you more profitable? Will it get you more successful in the charts? No. If you don't have the talent or you don't have the niche, the right song, you, it doesn't matter how much you're signed, you're not going to get anywhere. You know. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. So you have you during your <clears throat> journey. Have you had any great collaborations with anyone else? Yeah, I have. Um, I've had uh, collaborations. My recent one was with Skylar Jet and um, Deborah Fanella. And Skylar Jet is um, is the Grammy-winning artist of the Commodores, and we do things for global music, for global change, which is fantastic for the world. And also Charlie, um, Charlie Gracie, uh, he just he just gave me his blessing to sing, sing some of his songs. He's an all-time, you know, he's an all-time great, uh, you know, of rock and roll. And um, Chuck Berry, I was singing where Chuck Berry was, and I went to Chuck Berry's funeral on behalf of our family and and other different artists. And Dougie Fresh, I've worked alongside Dougie Fresh by being a celebrity with him in Chicago, supporting children and um, getting people into music and get them off the streets. And, and also Big Daddy Kane and Jimmy Walker in the movies as well, for sure. And lots of different people, really. Wow, that's great. That is beautiful. And you have yeah. a non-profit? Uh, yeah, we have the great we have the um, the Presley Foundation, and it's one of the companies, one of the foundations in in Graceland which uh, I run, um, which, which I'm involved in that with my sister, and uh, you know basically we have um, my mother's foundation. We have the one at Graceland, and we also have the Presley Foundation, and I put a lot of effort into that and help a lot of people. This year alone, we've given them, given out about $160,000 for that foundation, and um, and we do a lot of good. We take people off the streets and do all sorts of things, you know. Yeah, give me some examples. Like, what what is the foundation? <laughs> what is its purpose? Um, basically, we help people and pets. We're also building the Elvis Presley BFW Memorial Post to help the veterans. Um, with the mental problems and things like that, when they come back from the from the from the out of the military and seeing things they shouldn't be shouldn't have seen and things like that, and helping the homeless, like with one lady who uh, was was uh, travelled from California and to uh, Tennessee, she came just went to save her brother, and then of course she was kind of abused there, and so she had to leave, and she was homeless of a dog with cancer, so we stepped in, we put <clears throat> sorry we put her in a house and. Uh, you know, assisted the dog and everything else as well, and uh, and then she became very happy and stable after that. Oh yeah, that's and beautiful. Also Saint, and also, yeah, and also St. Jude. I do a lot of work for St. Jude alongside my mother, and um, and just help a lot of people when it comes to being homeless or cancer, you know, cancer research, uh, individual, you know, like I said, to get them off the streets and and also and all sorts of things really, you know. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're going to take a break and we are going to be right 
back. Greetings. Thank you for joining me at BBS Radio All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson, and I have my special guest, Miss Liz Presley. You still with me, Liz? I am, yes. Um, yes. Why are you tired today? I'm tired because you I sound a little tired. Yeah, I'm tired because I went through a breakup and the doctor put me on medication. <laughs> the doctor put you on medication? Yeah. Yeah, see, we, we've been studying about narcissism. Don't ever get connected to a narcissist. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you, I think I have. I've been running ever since. <laughs> that is like the worst <laughs> sinning thing ever. So, believe me, she's <laughs> recovering from that. So I'm just getting yeah. through it, and it's very hard on me. So it's very hard on me, and so um, the doctor put me on medication so I could deal with it for now, and so I get through it, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you okay, though, right? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, good. I'll be that's back all, that, all, that's I'll be all back. that matters. I'll, I'll be back my bunch of stuff soon. It's for, the, it's for the best. It's for the best that I had right. that breakup anyway, I realize now, but because it would have been detrimental to my life and my health and... And to my future and to everything. And, and it would have affected the world, which I so greatly love and give back to society. And, and it would have affected all my causes and things I believe in. So, but it was so much to take because I lost my entire family. And so, you know, I mean, that, my family, the person I loved and, and, uh, and our animals and things like that. And so that was very hard for me to take. So I went to see the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you need to, we're going to give you some medication to help deal with that for now. You know? Well, that is great. That's like brave. PFD, because that, you know, it's a post traumatic stress syndrome, basically. It's what I end up having from that. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. But you do that. Yeah. You you get plenty of rest, be around good people, and pamper yourself. Just pamper oh, yourself. You Just give yourself some oh, me I'm time. The, <laughs> no, I'm in the recovery stage. I'm I'm in, I'm in the recovery stage now where I'm actually doing that, so I'm going to be I'm going to be giving me lots of me time and um, get myself looking really sharp, very successful, and um, and help a lot of people and be out there for for my fans and won't be very long before I'm back up on my feet properly and uh, jumping around again and changing the world. You know. That's right. That's what we do. And mm-hmm. our previous conversation. We were just talking about how we are servants of God. And tell me a little bit about St. Jude, because, you know, you mm-hmm. I've read about St. Jude and I also have donated to St. Jude before and they do some miraculous things. Tell me a little bit about St. Jude. Yeah, St. Jude, obviously, they help people, children with cancer and things like that. And not just children that are really, really bad, just all sorts of different situations of um, cancer and, and help the families as well. And um, they don't actually charge money for that. So somebody could go to St. Jude has no money and they will support not only the child but the whole family. And so I'm very yeah. heavily involved in that. And my mother is too. Um, the last award thing we went for St. Jude. And it's St. Jude has kind of got two versions. It's got the St. Jude 
in America, and you have a similar thing like uh, children of cancer in the UK. So I went um, when I won an award in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, for Business Lady of the Year. You know, and then after that, my mother won an award too. I went to dinner with my mother in honor of St. Jude's, and we raised quite a bit of money for that. And then, of course, I ran the London Marathon for children with cancer, and we raised a lot of money for that. And so we donate money through my foundation directly to St. Jude and sort of support and sponsor St. Jude events as well. So we really love doing that sort of work. You know, it was an honor to be at dinner with my mum and to see her win the Outstanding Award. I won just before that the Business Lady of the Year Award in Memphis. And um, it's sort of great that we both won an award in that same year in a similar time frame and that we got to s- spend some time together as well. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was asking about St. Jude, because <clears throat> my mom had passed away from cancer. And, mm-hmm. you know, you that. really do not know about how it affects people. I mean, I was taking my mother to Stanford Hospital where she had to um, take and, um, yeah, take, go through the chemo and the radiation. And I just happened to leave out the room because I just needed a breath of fresh air. And I went walking elsewhere and I just happened to open up this door and I seen all these children in the hospital who also were uh, receiving treatment and my heart just totally melted and um, you know it's really really important to have someone like St. Jude and I am really really grateful yeah that's beautiful and then also I'm sorry. Yeah, and they support the whole family, which is good. So, it, you know, yeah. it makes everybody feel better. And whenever you, if you could see people walking into St. Jude, even when they got cancer, they 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 kind of happy in a lot of ways because they're going into a place that's very supportive, loving, and caring alongside the treatment. You know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and also through my foundation, my focus is empowering young the youth girls and homelessness is just heartbreaking wouldn't you agree Uh, yes absolutely and um but it's you know the great thing about it is much of science and research aren't now so good that there's a lot of hope for for that as well isn't there which is good because not everybody makes it but the uh, the support the psychological support they get even going in to have this, have the treatment with their families is so good that they um, you know they're going in there for a very serious thing but it's created this uh, bubble for them to handle it easier you know yeah so tell me I want to discuss about your books so one of oh, your yeah, books, books tell me about my mother is a princess. That's about my mum, Priscilla Presley. And um, I can tell you some really good things. When I was a child, I used to go and do things like, uh, you know, pick blackberries and um, and, and uh, 
and to go pea picking and potato picking and all sorts of things because I was raised on a farm. And so I wrote a story about that, you know, how how I'd like to make my mum a blackberry pie. Well, one day I was actually speaking with Navarone, and uh, he was in he. I was so surprised, you know, it was like in the genes, because Navarone is um, my mum's uh, son, and uh, a lot of people don't know there's more than one child, you know. And But there is, okay. A lot of people just focus on my mum and my, my sister, which is great, but there's more of us, you know. It's all me and Navarone. So so basically I was speaking with him and I, he was in the garden showing me his garden and I was like, blackberries. I was like, you're growing blackberries. It's like, yeah, I love blackberries. And um, and so I was like, you know, you're going to make a blackberry pie or strudel, you know, so you can give it to mum. And he's like, yeah. Well, I, I said pie, then he said strudel. And uh, then he had these paintings. Yeah, and he had these beautiful flowers as well. And, and I wanted one of these flower paintings that he made. Well, he took a picture, I think, of, from the pictures, but he made them so beautifully created, you know, the way he did, did, took the pictures and stuff. They were gorgeous. And the one I wanted, my mum, he gave, he ended up giving my mum, because she wanted the same one, which is great. Glad she got it on her, on, on Mother's Day. So that was, that was really, really, that was really, really good. And so my book then came to life because it's about me being a child growing up, you know, and I had my other mother at the time when I was growing up, I had to go up adopted, um, kind of adopted a place with family. And so I used to, you know, bring things home for, for her. And now I've kind of, when I wrote that book, I'm imagining bringing them home also for my, for my real mum, which is Priscilla Presley. And then, of course, it got became very live when Nevera and her son was also doing the same thing, making blackberries. And, and, and this was after the book came out. I didn't know this. I didn't know he liked all these same things, you know, as me. And so, yeah, that book can't kind of really come alive now, you know. And uh, yeah. that's what it's about. And it's about, and the storyline of that book is like, you know, as when I grew up, you know, I was like uh, thinking my mother was a princess. And I, and, uh, going through life is thinking my mum's a princess my mum's a princess and so the book goes on this little journey and then it gets to a magical end where at the end oh my goodness my mother's not a princess my mother's a queen and me and Lisa are the princesses right the end wow <laughs> you see <laughs> that is that's beautiful I'm the princess that is beautiful I'm a princess you know she's a queen Right. <laughs> so tell me, you are a woman with many, many, many create creative that has a creative outlook, I must say. Tell me about the 360 book publishing and and music. You are a coach as well. Yeah, basically we um publish books and um We've got um, books we're publishing already. That's two of them, are, uh, Kathy's actually as well. We published her books as well. <laughs> and um, so basically, when people publish the books, it's it's like I told you about the, you know, earlier on about when you do something, you've got to get it right. Example: right. you can do things one way. You can be stubborn and all this stuff and do things one way for a long time, and it's wrong and fail. But you you know, but when you learn to not be stubborn and learn to learn and you learn to create and learn to establish your brand and do things right, 
then you can make the money. And it really is a difference between doing it right or doing it wrong. Like book publishing, for instance, you know, if you do that wrong, you might have a big hit book and you're not going to make any money. So we make sure the books are published correctly, that people are getting their true royalties, the money's not being taken from them, and um, the books are really professional and, and all that stuff. We're working on a few, a few things right now with that. And we charge for that. You know, we're we a book publisher called Marvel Book Publishing, and we charge $15,000 to publish an original book, you know, book you've written, or we charge $8,000 to republish your works you've already published, but published wrong. So we take it down, we 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 fix the book you've already done, we make sure it's all making you money now, I'll put it back up again, make sure things are correct on those things. So that's what we do on book publishing. On music publishing, um, because we want the whole world to be able to have music publishing, we made that a little we made that a lot more affordable. On my company, com, they can go on there and click on the button to become a fan and also get the weekly videos we sign on the fifteenth to train to be a music artist and how to get all their musical artists correctly and um, become a successful artist. It really is a fantastic program because it teaches you the business of music and how to get your money and how to get paid. And that has to be done correctly too. But because we want to make sure the whole world has that, we actually have donated that kind of to the world. If they join my fan club, you know, because a lot of people can afford lots of money because you have to charge a lot of money for that service to train somebody. Right. So, so, so because part, it's now part of my foundation, in order to train every artist, so no, so no artist, whether they have a penny, whether they're playing, a, you know, whether they're playing sticks on the streets or have the, the 10 gizmos guitars, we're going to make it affordable. It's $10 to join my fan club, and that includes the music program. And that's $10 a month, you know, or 15 or $30 a month, depending on what level you want to come in, means it basically means you have early access, so you have live videos, the ones, you know, like um, doing, you know, every month. Um, or you just want to hear the playbacks, you can just join $10 level. So an artist who has $10 a month to spare can learn how to be a music, to have, learn the music business and how to get their royalties and things like that and actually earn money. See, every artist earns money when it comes to music royalties, but the, most of them don't get it. It then goes to the big labels again and goes to the artists as bonuses in the black box. So people don't realize, artists don't realize that. They're all making money. But are they getting it? No, not lots of them aren't. Probably about 95% of indie artists do not get their money, all their money. Right. And there's lots of different royalties throughout the world. So you can't just join one of these organizations that say they get the royalties for you. That's still only going to get 10 to 25%. So we established the 360 Music Publishing Program through my fan clubs. They can, so that when they become a fan, if they're an artist, they can also learn the, the music business and start making money. You know? Yeah. Now, that is some good information. Thank you very much. I want to get back to the next book that you had written. It's called Kid of the King. Tell me a little bit yeah, about that my, book. Yeah, that's my true life story from birth up until now, you know. Um, not now, but, you know, when I came home to Graceland uh, in 2013, it's up to about, it takes you up to about 2000. Uh, 18, I do believe. No, 2020, actually, it takes up to 2020 um, when I won the immigration. And so it's been my complete true, true story. When I wrote that, um, somebody who was helping me write that wanted to turn it into some sort of fantasy book. 
I said, no, it has to be factual, you know, it has to be an autobiography that's totally factual and totally real and everything's true in there. And so that's what it is. It's, a, it's my true life journey and everything I experienced coming home to, to Graceland, you know, and what I had to go through. Yeah. 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 And so you are a motivational speaker. And have you traveled around the world? Um, I haven't been on too much yet because of COVID, but I'm not really a motivational speaker. I out of telling my story kind of helps people and saves lives because I've had to be very strong in my life. Um, actual fact, you know, this breakup I had is probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. Coming home to Graceland and going for all the things I went through was not as hard as that. Can you imagine that? So hard, so hard it was on me. But before that, I could I handled pretty much anything. And I'm going to handle this, and I'm handling this too, um, but I'm older now, so it's a little different when you're older. You lose a lot of right. things when you're older, it's harder. Um, so, yeah, so it's me telling my story. By me telling my story, I help so many people on different levels, and I'm so proud of that, you know. Yeah. The same here. I had written my book, A Journey of a Sapphire, based on a true story from yes. my journey of challenges and hardship and how I have personally overcame adversity and where I'm at right now. And that is my focus and my goal is to inspire other young girls and young women to continue to move forward because I am an advocate and I believe that if we're given the resources we can dance amongst the stars and we should be able to do that without uh, going against our integrity and we should be able to do that in a positive way yes that's That's very very important important. Mm -hmm. yes it is I I totally am 100% with you on that as well and people must and people must not get stuck in their heads about certain things like oh, I don't have enough money, and so I'm going to be depressed and down. You have to create, you know, if you, you have to create around that. Everybody who's successful started somewhere, and most of them started with nothing, and they kept going, and they succeeded in the end, you know? It's not going to be easy, it's going to be hard, but God builds your character, God, God, God builds you. I like, for instance, I went through this major breakup, right, and I lost, I lost my love of my life, and um, but there's a reason for that. The reason is so I change to be a better person myself as well. And um, not only that person, but they can change as well. And uh, I also learned that I could lose everything I have if I'm not more careful, you know. And so you learn a lot of lessons. Do you have a look at what lessons are you learning within that situation, you know? And I believe that when I had a lot of pain from my childhood, you know, growing up and coming home to Graceland, that one breakup destroyed all that past instantly, got rid of all that pain because the pain from the breakup was so great that it made the pain of coming home very minor. And um, so I recovered, I did a lot of recovery within that breakup, within that journey. And now I'm a much better person. You know, I was a good person before. I didn't do anything wrong. I got a little angry here and there for so did they. Um, but we didn't do anything wrong, you know, really. 
uh, things got a little out of hand, of course, but but also I learned not to lose things. You know, that if I got into a relationship with that in the future, I could lose millions of dollars as well. So it's about money too. I could lose that money. Um, I learned about, you know, my past a lot more, you know, and how to be, and how to get rid of all that pain I had growing up and having a better future. So you learn a lot of things. And so when things good happen to you, it's great. When bad things happen to you, you have to know what are you learning, you know? Yes. I truly understand that I do. So tell me, how can someone contact you and your company regarding your services? Uh, Just contact me through Kathy uh, Carlson. She'll give you her details. And um, she's my agent, and she handles everything for me. And uh, she's yeah. Hi, this is Kathy Carlson. Hi, Hi. Um, Patricia. Um, Yeah, you can just email um, agent a g e n t at lizpresley dot me, and you can go to her website as well. Liz, um, did you want to say the Graceland? Website that you're promoting, the Al yes. and yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say the com and the lizpresley.me and graceland.com as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Liz, it was a pleasure having you on my show. I thank you for your support. And as always, listeners, I have reached my destination. And I will leave you with this quote of the day. Music is powerful. As people listen to it, they can be affected and they respond. Ray Charles. Do have a beautiful day. And I wish everyone to remain healthy as we continue to fight against this COVID. And cheers. Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.